Welcome to the Art of Relationships podcast with Dr. Tim Muehlhoff. And Dr. Chris Grace. We are here again with you today, and we're really excited to talk about a number of questions and issues that you have. Uh, you can go to our cmr.biola.edu website and find out some other great tools and, and conferences and things that we have available. And so one of the things we want to do today is talk about... Uh, and answer different questions that have been submitted to us. And so, Tim, wherever we go at conferences and events, classes, whatever it is, people have questions about dating and engagement and marriage. And uh, what do you think about taking some time and just answering some of those? Yeah, I think we can even break that down into two categories. We get a, a ton of questions that kind of repl- uh, apply to singles. Mm-hmm. And then we have a ton of questions that apply to all different aspects of marriage. We thought today we'd tackle the single side of things. Yep. And so for those that are either uh, in relationships uh, that are dating, uh, you might still be single and engaged. Uh, but and even a bunch of these have to do with roommate relationships. That's right. And so we're going to tackle some of those. So let's get started. This is interesting. How can a girl be confident in the relationship while dating? There is no assurance that it will lead to a future, but guys want a girl to be confident. Is there a way to help build your own self-confidence? When the guy you are dating could have anyone, it can be hard to not feel jealous or threatened by other women, even at Biola. Well, hey, this is a great question. And to be honest, this type of question is going to be around your entire lifetime because we're talking about your Mm self-image. We're talking about Mm self-confidence. And if your self-confidence is rooted in the fact that I'm in a dating relationship, if it's rooted in the fact that, hey, uh, I feel like this relationship is secure... If your self-image is always rooted in something external, that could be grade point, that could be job, that could you hit a certain weight that you've always wanted to get to. It's not that those things are necessarily bad, but boy, that you're on a treadmill. So even in marriage, even in dating, even in life, we have to have secure self-images. And as Christians, uh, Chris, we both believe that ultimately that self-assuredness needs to be rooted in how God feels about you, not your boyfriend, girlfriend, or uh store manager. Yeah, I would say, uh, Tim, I think at the end of the day, what really, what you mentioned it here at the end is it, it's rooted in how God views us. So a relationship that we're in, any kind of situation we're in, ultimately at the end of the day can point us back to some very important principles, but primarily can point us back to our relationship with God. How do we view God? How That's do right. we view the way He views us? We can take this situation, I think, especially in a dating relationship, uh, even in a marriage, in any relationship, and use that as information on the status of our soul. Why why am I anxious? Why am I nervous? How, ask God to prepare, prepare right. you know, That's what right. the psalmist did in Psalm 139, mm-hmm. search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, right? Yeah. See if there's a hurtful way in me. And I think that's what relationships do. They give you a status indicator oh, that's as to your yeah, soul. That's right. And they kind of say, right. you know, I got a little bit of uh, concern here or anxiety here. Is this about this other person? Is this about me? Or is this about the way I, got, I view God? Am I trusting him? Do I? Am I loving him? Or am I more concerned with other people or the way God views me? Than other people, and so I think that these are all ways to ask questions, and that's what relationships do. They force us back to figuring out who are we, what do I view about God, and is this impacting my view uh, of God and giving me some insight. So that's kind of what James is saying. Consider it joy yeah. when you hit trials. Why? Because those trials reveal your faith. Yeah. And so all of us have had our hearts broken, man. Yeah. I remember, Chris, I dated a girl um, for a long time. This was before Norian. I dated her for a long time. We went ring shopping 
And after about three years, I just had to pull the trigger and just say, no, mm-hmm. I, I, we're done. So like an idiot, I thought, well, I'm going to go see a movie and just distract myself. I go see The Color Purple, <laughs> Alice Walker's heart-wrenching story um, and I am sobbing, Chris, I am sobbing by myself in this dark theater. A woman turned around and offered me handkerchief. She said, well, here, you just, I thought it was the best idea. I didn't want, and we couldn't stay in the relationship. But that showed me where God said, okay, hey, ultimately, yeah. do you feel good about yourself because you're in a relationship? Do you, are you confident in me? And I think, and so uh, Lewis once said, C.S. Lewis, once I've learned to love God more dearly, I can then turn around and love my human uh, spouse more dearly. So the more we're securing God's love, the better we're going to be able to negotiate these ups and downs of these relationships. Yeah, good. Hey, let's try another question. Yeah. Here's one I got. How, how do you know if the person you are seriously dating or courting is the right person to marry? What are the signs? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, well, I, I would imagine there are a lot of people uh, right to this, you know, listeners yeah. right now who are facing a question just like this. And the question is really tapping into something. Is there ever 100% assurance that the person you're dating and courting is the one to be is to marry? I, I, I don't know, Tim. I think you and I agree on this one. I think there are probably three or four things they, that have to absolutely be in place. Yeah. The, the, there have to have some sort of way in which other people in your life agree that this person is good for you, right? Yeah, it's a mentor, it's a pastor, it's a parent, brother, sister, friends. There, there are more on one side, that is, a vast majority are saying, this is a good person for you. They seem to bring out the best in you. Yep. Now, there's always going to be people who won't agree. There, they, yep. there could be dissenters who say, you know what, I just don't <laughs> like you with this person, or I don't like that person. And so long as that's not the majority, I think a number one thing is, are other people in your life as encouraged? Second of all, maybe are encouraged for you and by this. Maybe another thing, Tim, is are you able to see yourself bringing yourself, are you getting closer to God in That's your good. walk, That's in good. your time when you're with this person? Do they bring you closer to God? Do they encourage you? Do they help you kind of see the a good in things? I think that's a, a, another big piece. And then I'll, uh, and I'll, what do you think about this one too? I think there needs to be high levels of compatibility in the yes. key areas, yeah. right? Yeah. Religious values and beliefs. So, so as a believer, if, you're, right. if you are right. a believer out there and you're walking with somebody who's not, you're going to have all kinds of issues and problems in marriage, but it will be just simply compounded if you don't have core key values in place that are equivalent. And it starts with you, you know your belief and your walk with Jesus. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. I would add one other thing to it. Um, core enthusiasm, equal enthusiasm. Uh, for life, you mean? Or for <clears throat> well, I, I would say, yeah, for a lot of things. But uh, I, I mean, we're talking about a relationship with Christ. Uh-huh. It's one thing for both people to say, okay, we're both Christians. Uh-huh. Uh, we both believe the Bible's written by, oh, by God. Uh-huh. We both believe church attendance is good. Yeah. But you have one person who's just raring to go. Yeah. They want to go to church three times a week. Uh, let's read our Bibles together every day. Yeah. Let's really go at it, you know, this Christian life. And the other person is just not there to mm-hmm. that level. Yeah. Well, this is why Paul, I think, is wise to say, hey, don't be unequally yoked with each other. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. using a farming metaphor yeah. where you took two oxen, you put a wooden yoke. It was a beam that made sure the animals were in step with each other. Otherwise, you'd get crooked lines, mm-hmm. right? So 
Paul's saying, don't be unequally yoked. We immediately just discount that to say, okay, but we're, we're both Christians. We're good. Yeah. Check that off yeah. the list. Yeah. No, I think Paul is saying, man, if you're really passionate and you want to go for it in your yeah. walk with God, yeah. and the other person is like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go to church. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Let's read the Bible. Well, man, you're going to get pretty frustrated over time because yeah. you both want to, you want to go for it. And the other person is just dragging you back a little bit. Yeah. No, that's really good. I think there are probably those key compatibility areas. Nothing is going to be more critical or more essential than I think that that, right. that kind of walk. And and other areas, Tim, I think maybe you and I might uh, rate these differently, just like listeners would. For me, that idea of a sense of humor that's the yeah, same, that's right? right? Or yep. something in which you feel like you have similar interests and passions. God's leading you both maybe into certain areas. You know, if one of you wants to live, you know, in, in the urban area on the coast and that's someone right. else is saying, no, nah, I'm a far, farm, you know, <laughs> away from the world kind of life. Well, it's going to be a challenge to uh, match up. So some of those compatibility because issues come into play. this is going to be with you your whole life. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have some friends. <clears throat> if, he, if he were here, just us three, mm-hmm. we'd be, you, me, and him would be laughing the entire time. Mm-hmm. He'd, we'd be cutting up. We'd be joking. We'd be, you know, it'd, it'd be great. He'd, he'd fit really naturally uh, with your immature sense of humor. Um, so, but we would laugh a lot. When you see him, and I'm not mentioning any names or anything, but when you see him with his wife, mm-hmm. he's a different person. Huh. He's, he's more um, somber huh. because she just, super nice person, yeah. super nice person, but just isn't, just doesn't laugh Interesting. very much. Yeah. So he changes a little bit. Yeah. Now, can that work? The answer is, yeah, of course that can work. But I feel like it wears on him. Now, so you would you counsel somebody to say, listen, you don't have the same sense of humor, but everything else seems to be good. Now, there, here comes this couple. They yeah. want, they're thinking about getting serious. Would you seriously tell them that is one of the core key things that maybe you need to get in common or that maybe you need to reconsider? What do you think? Well, now, again, we're, we're in the toolies, right? We're, right. In the, we're in the gray area. Uh-huh. Uh, I did. Well, I did. I did. I had a, this is a long time ago, but a friend who same kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And I just sat with her Mm -hmm. and I said, you know, this is how I think of you. Mm -hmm. I think of you, a person who walks in and lights up the room, a person Mm -hmm. who's just like, Hey, Mm -hmm. and we, and he's not, Mm -hmm. he is not by a mile. Right. Now, can this marriage work? Absolutely. This marriage can work. Can it work for the glory of God? Absolutely. But listen, we're talking the next 50, 60 years of your life. Mm-hmm. And you, you sort of kind of want to be married to a wet blanket. Mm-hmm. Now, if she, she would have come back and said, yeah, I, I think the positives outweigh the negatives, and mm-hmm. I'm aware of this, I'd say, yeah. well, hey, okay. Yeah. But I wouldn't want that, right, Chris? I'd yeah. go crazy with that. Yeah, I think there are a few key things like that. It, 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 there could be extroversion, introversion, yeah. you know, the idea yeah. also the way in which maybe you see the world, maybe adventuresome or not, you know, a little bit more stable. So those are some key things to look into uh, as, as you think about, you know, if dating this person, um, you know, what are the signs if they're the yeah, right person? Right. And most of these would line up as similar on a vast majority, right. not everyone. And again, this is, you know, this, we, we say this sounds like a broken record, premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to sit down and help you evaluate. Yep. Is this a big deal, small deal, no yep. deal? Stuff like that. Like I had to know <clears throat> in our dating relationship that Noreen respected my mind because I was afraid that she was just infatuated <laughs> With me physically, <laughs> that she had objectified me, Chris. Well, and it well, was important. It was. A, I'm, 
I know you didn't have to wrestle with that. Anybody For that's me. not sitting in front of you right now wouldn't really understand the, the pain, no doubt. It, it, it weighed on me. <laughs> It weighed on me, and it was good. She she loves me for both my body and my... Why is our producer laughing? I don't, I don't well, know. This kind of ticks me off just a little bit. All right, another question, right, Chris. Here we go. How do you know God has, who God has selected for you? Do you choose or does God choose? And so I'm going to let you answer this one, Tim. What should singles be praying, and how do you eliminate the desires of distraction? But let's go back to this main question. How do you know who God has selected for you? Do you choose or does God choose? And this is a man. Oh, I'm now you're getting into it's a huge. deeper theological yeah. issue. And at the end of the day, I think we're going to have to say it. Really, we'll we'll ask God at the end in heaven. What you know? How did this all work out? But yeah. we do. He uses us through our own personalities, our the way He's made us, our attractions, our desires. He kind of whispers through those pleasures, right? I agree. And as He whispers, we kind of lean towards a particular person. Somebody's appealing to us, or attracted to you know, or we're attracted to them. Uh, is God in that? Did he direct this? It, it's a tough question, and I think there's a variety of answers. Well, this is where C.S. Lewis said, get the first things in place, the second things will follow. So yeah. I do think for every believer, defining the word sovereign yeah. is a huge deal yeah. in how you actually live out your faith. So let me ask you this question, okay. Chris. Um, do you believe Elisa... God selected Lisa for you before the foundations of the earth. She was the one for you, and your job was to find Lisa. Or is it possible that there were other women that could have a successful ministry with and whatever? Yeah, no, I, I do. You know, the, again, it gave down to the how you answer the question. It's a tough, you know, it, here's the quandary. If you I, say yes, I'm going to have, I have to say yes yeah. with Noreen because yeah, I'm not going to look like a <laughs> schmo here. No, so no, what would you I, say? I do believe that is the case in, in one respect. Uh, I believe there are others that, that could potentially have been out there and that uh, for both her and for me. But at the end, I guess I, I land the plane by saying, I believe before the foundation of the world, just given what has happened, that there was this kind of match. God knew it was going to happen. Did I have a choice in that? I, I think so. And it could have, I, you know, could have done equally, you know, bringing him glory and, and live, you know, according to him and walk with him and not disobey him. I don't think it was that. So it, it's a really tough one. I say, yeah, I think so. But it, Oh, so you do think so? Yeah, I think there's a way in which his plan <laughs> It has has lived out according to what he has, you know, done at, from the beginning. Uh, but I believe there's a lot of choice in that. So, so, I, so here's what I think. I think I think with my life, there were like two or three paths that I could have taken. Mm -hmm. um, one we've talked about before, modeling. <laughs> um, no, but there, there were like th you know different paths. So I do think God is saying, okay, going down this path. I could see this going. And by the way, I don't think God had one path for me, yeah. right? I, again, I think this is the prism of delight in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, mm -hmm. and he will make your path straight. Yeah. I think God very much wants to interact with us. Now, on this side, yeah. I, I can't imagine being married to a person better suited yeah. for me for this path. I mean, doing a center for yeah. marriage, Noreen works at Biola, we speak at family life marriage conferences. But if I went a different path, mm -hmm. it is conceivable that there might have been somebody who brought a different skill set or something like that, right? Sure. So I, I want to say two things to our listeners, because people just stay up at night with this, yeah. uh, am I going to marry this person? Right. And I need to know. <laughs> I think Augustine had it right. Augustine said this, love God 
and do as you please. Yeah. So love God. Remember Jesus. Seek first his kingdom. Your mm-hmm. kingdom priorities are right. right. Then you're just going to need to trust him that he's in this. Now, let's tackle one issue in which we wipe out any uncertainty. Okay. Let's say you do get married to this person and uh-huh. now you have doubts. Uh-huh. Now you're like, oh, crud, I married the wrong person. No, after you get married, that question is gone. Mm-hmm. E- even if... Technically, theoretically, you marry the wrong person. God had somebody who's better suited. He will redeem this marriage that you're in now as you pursue his kingdom and make it the best thing that it could be. Yeah, I think that I think that's right, Tim. I, I think you know, you you end up having to decide something uh, early on. And I and I believe you, it, you said, it goes back to what Lewis said, you get the first things first mm-hmm. and everything else. And I think of Psalm 37, trust in the Lord, do good, right? Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. That kind of tells you what to do. Then he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, that's and, good. I, and I yeah. think what happens yeah. is when we delight ourselves in the Lord, it, he gives us that which he puts on our heart that which we should seek. And so as, and so it really comes back down to delight in him, cultivate faithfulness, dwell in the land, commit your ways to him, trust also in him and he will do it. So I, I love that Psalm 37 notion, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I do love that too, Chris, but let's pair that with a question you already answered once before. And that was to get a bunch of people around you who know you. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, I've, we've all experienced people who delight themselves in the Lord and get the most whacked out <laughs> things that they want to do. You know what I mean? And that's where you need somebody to step in and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Marrying an extraterrestrial is not a good (laughs) idea. Um, You know what I mean? So yeah, we've got to check that though, because our heart is deceitful. Did you say marry an extraterrestrial? Extraterrestrial. I'm not limiting God, Chris. There's many (laughs) paths people have. (laughs) Yikes. Okay. Let's try another question. Dr. Muehlhoff, what do we got? Um, how should relatively minor things like cleanliness, for example, affect a relationship? <laughs> Can they be deal breakers? Gosh, Boy, I, this is a simple one. Yeah. The answer is it's a deal breaker if you think it's a deal breaker. Yeah. So I would say cleanliness is not a deal breaker, let's say, or, right. or sense of humor, right. not a deal breaker. Yeah. But if you do, so let's say a person says, oh, I love this person. We hit on so many different levels. We're just great. But she's a slob. Mm. He's a slob. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like um, trying to convince yourself that you really do like this shirt you just tried on. Yeah. You know, and you go, oh, listen, I would say to that person, is this a relatively minor thing? Well, yeah. man, in my economy it is. But you're going to live with this person the rest of your life. Well, Tim, why don't you just tell them that pray that they change. Well, okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> because I think really the answer comes down. Oh. We've heard that so many times. Well, yeah. I oh. believe that if I can get, oh. just be with this person, when we get married, there'll be differences. They will change. And yeah. I love your advice. We've oftentimes yeah. used that and stolen it from you, which is if this person never changes for oh, the next great. 50 yeah. years, yeah. are you comfortable staying in this relationship if they never change? And the way it is today, right? We know a great couple, Chris. They are, they're one of our heroes. We just love them to death. He's a super successful surgeon, but driven. I mean, you know, good surgeons are driven. So um, when they dated, she was so um, enamored by him. Here's a, a, a guy in med school, just a sharp Christian leader. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't eat lunch, mm-hmm. skipped it. Mm-hmm. Thought it was totally unnecessary. Who, why take time to eat lunch? Have a good breakfast, have a good dinner, don't need lunch. Well, in dating, she mm-hmm. did that. Mm-hmm. Boom, don't want, I'm not going to eat lunch. Who mm-hmm. needs lunch? Lunch is for wimps. They get married. She goes, you know what? 
I like lunch. Mm. I want to have lunch. And, and that, that was a conflict in their marriage mm, because she's saying as they're dating, yeah, forget it. Well, it's not that important. Shoes? Yeah. I don't need to wear shoes. He doesn't yeah. wear shoes. You know what I mean? Right. Then you get married. And it's like, hey, I, I want to have lunch. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that really gets scary, Chris, is when you're dating, man, you get enamored mm-hmm. with this person. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to tell what big things, little things. That's why the yeah. bigger purpose of marriage, God's glory, yeah. is. But I would say the quick little answer to this question is you have to be true to yourself. Yeah. Is that pebble in your shoe a problem? Mm-hmm. Can you live with that? Mm-hmm. Or is that pebble going to be with you the next 50, 60 years of your life? Yeah. I, I And Tim, here, it just brings up a, another topic for me related to this. And, and it's a concern. This isn't really a question, but it's just a concern. And that is when people are dating and they are um, having sex, their, their intimacy is at such a high level, they begin to lose the perspective. The pebbles no longer matter. Nothing else matters. Why? Because, yes. frankly, our brains are designed during intimacy right. to bond us together, and we ignore all of these differences. This All of a sudden, now you're dealing with a, a false intimacy that covers up differences, major, massive differences, because we feel like we're so connected. That's right. That's and right. that becomes the most problematic thing. Now they make decisions based upon uh, this, this <laughs> blinding and this, you know, this falseness that covers up these differences simply because they believe they are designed to. Because that's what, you know, intimacy does. It connects you and binds you and calls you together. And you're all of a sudden now covering up massive differences that become significantly influential. You know, we know from research that 50% of people uh, live together first before they get married. And if you are sexually active, I think it'd be really good for us to, because I appreciate what you bring to the table about how the mind yeah. does get clouded. Yeah. I think it'd be great for us to do a podcast on this whole thing of, okay, we are sexually in- intimate. Yeah. We, we are thinking about marriage, moving in with each other. How do I know that I'm not being clouded? Yeah. That could be a great podcast. Well, let's do that. Let's go ahead and, and end it here. We'll have some more questions uh, on another podcast that we'll answer, and we'll take that one, Tim, uh, as the topic of another podcast here coming up. So let's do that. Well, uh, for all the listeners out there, just if you, again, if you're interested in resources, tools, equipping, conferences, things that we're doing in the center, <laughs> including other podcasts and blogs, just go to our website, cmr.biola.edu, and check out everything we have, including the art of relationships. And, and, I, uh, and I just want to apologize for Dr. Grace. He seemed very judgmental at- <laughs> You're dating an extraterrestrial. I just wanted to know um, it can work. God can redeem relationships. Yeah, well, let's end it right there. Look for you next time on The Art of Relationships. Bye-bye, everybody.